from the top of the charts to the dusty $1 bin and everything in between, it's time for another review on Life to Labyrinth. I know. Katie was like, I want to do some local shopping. I'm like, oh, that's usually me. Uh, yeah, let's uh, go to a store. Sure. <laughs> I'm down. Just, it feels weird to say it, but... <laughs> But yeah, uh, anyway, well, here we are. Welcome back, or welcome for the first time to another episode of Life to Labyrinth podcast. My name is Bryn. I'm Angie. I'm Emily. And this week, we are doing a rando that I picked, that I'd only ever heard of the artist through watching his YouTube videos that had nothing to do with the music he actually composes, <laughs> and mostly just about his incredible ability to understand music theory and just be this like savant when it comes to music theory. So we've been listening to Jason Collier's uh, album, Jesse Volume 3. Guys, there's a lot to unpack here. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you feel about it? Oh, compiled the thoughts. I thought for the first two songs, this was a punishment. (laughs) (laughs) And it actually, I did mention it to Emily only because we talk eight hours a day every day Hmm. um, through Teams. I was like, this is a rough go. <laughs> um, it took me a few time, a few like uh, running jumps to listen to the whole album. Not my jam, but also not reflective of what his ability is because I, of course, like really struggled through this album. So I went to listen to his first album, I think, mm-hmm. and just totally different, like different, something I can get my head around a little bit more, not as experimental, bullshitty frantic stuff where I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> so would that have been his album in my room or something yeah, like that yeah. okay okay yeah I did find kind of the constant harmonizations like the Disneyfication of every song that he did like you, it was uh, I found it a little bit frantic a little bit incoherent I think he took a little bit of um liberties with the timing on a few songs which totally throws me out of the song like if it's the beat is not lining up with the vocals i'm like sure. oh my god oh my god this is a struggle so i think he's a really interesting kid like he's 27 he's done so much he obviously has a crazy grasp of music but what a weird uh album mm-hmm. else talking <laughs> <laughs> Emily, yeah. what'd you think? I will say I eventually settled in, but initially I was like, oh, I feel very old. Like, this is what the kids are listening to the, these days. Like, <laughs> I, I, I had one of those moments. And then once I settled in, I was like, wow, he must be using all these, like, different samples because bits and pieces sound really familiar to me. Like, there's a couple of songs where I'm like, that sounds like Seinfeld. Or like I wrote that. Mario I wrote that. Kart. I yeah. <laughs> Or like a little bit of Prince and I was like, okay, he must be like using all these samples. And then, and so I like started to dig a little bit and then I was like, no, like he's, he's created all these weird kind of nostalgic sounds, but they're new. And yeah, I, f- I feel like by the end of listening to it a couple times, I got it a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it, it was a bit of a struggle for me. 
The thing What's that saved thing? me. Put on all your jewelry before you leave the house, but take one piece off. That's yes. how I felt about all the songs. Just remove yes. one thing for me. One, yeah, I'm one like, layer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, totally. <laughs> but I, I, I did look at some of the the YouTube videos, and that's kind of what got my head around it. So I, I totally like. I would totally go and listen to an album if I had seen some of those YouTube videos because he's amazing. Like he's beyond. Like that's probably why I don't appreciate it as much because he's above and beyond anything. Yeah, I, I had another one of those. I am way more fartsy than artsy <laughs> listening to this music. <laughs> <laughs> so my my sentiments sort of uh, echo yours. Is again, I hadn't heard any of these songs. I just seen like stuff on YouTube. Uh, again, nothing that he had composed. It was like. You know, he did uh, musician explains one concept and five levels of difficulty, and he like explained harmony or something to like a child, a teen, a college student, a grad student, and then Herbie Hancock. And then I, I'd seen like some of his like master classes where people like ask him questions, or he just like talks about the circle of fifths, or he talks about you know this and that. I, I watched him do this thing that Wired does on their YouTube channel which they, they call it like tech support, but it's like all these people who do like various things. So he did like music support. So he just answers music theory questions for that are sent in from Twitter. Seeing him do all of that is really fascinating. Mm -hmm. And here is seeing his videos where he talks about like, he's got this like thing. I don't know if you watched any of this of the like ones where he just has an audience and he's just talking about music where he constantly references that the piano's out of tune. Yeah, I did see, I did see that. Okay, it's, I think it's sort of one of his party tricks. Yeah. So coming from that, I was like, there's going to be a lot in this music, but I, I didn't think I was prepared for the wall that was coming at me. <laughs> and, and and speaking of the wall, there's I saw this interview like ages ago where Roger Waters from Pink Floyd talks about writing songs for Dark Side of the Moon. And he talks about like when you do instrumentals or their their song Us and Them. He talks about like leaving holes in music so that like you can sort of emotionally fill it in yourself as the listener. And I was like, I feel like Jacob Collier hasn't seen that interview. Yeah. There's no holes. But, you know, in terms of the interviews I've seen with him where he talks about how much he loves Stevie Wonder, it was like, I can see that in this music. Like, it's it's very jazzy. And, and you're absolutely right, Angie, where it seems to like come away from the meter a lot. And it's in like these bizarre time signatures. He sings very hooty, where he like talk, sings from the back of his throat mm -hmm. with his tongue down. And like, that seems sort of like he, he's really, really a good musician, but it's like, I think he needs some vocal training unless he's purposely doing this to sound older. Like, I don't, I don't know, but, <laughs> but it's, but I was sort of like uh, you, Emily, where I list, I actually listened to this album a lot of times. Cause for those of you listening at home or in your cars, We've actually been listening to this album for what three weeks now. Yeah. Or we've uh, this has been the album that we've been supposed to be listening to for three weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> I went back and I listened to a couple of his other ones, and I I agree with you, Angie, where I think when he was not as advanced in his compositions and his earlier albums, that they're a little bit easier to digest and, and listen to as someone who's not a music scholar. Mm -hmm. But it feels like he has so many tools in his belt that he kind of throws them all at everything yeah just yeah. be overwhelming I, th I think because he records his music in his room largely by himself i think that he would benefit a lot from a producer yes that's what mm -hmm. and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like someone whose job it is to be like 
listen to the music from like an external point of view and like help help the artist sort of arrange it and be like is do we need this part or can can we pull this out or maybe you should add this part instead and i think he suffers a little bit from maybe reading his own work too much mm -hmm. i feel like he's sat with it for so long maybe and he's just like oh i'll just add a little bit here and i'll add a little bit here and then the final product's like a lot of things <laughs> yeah yeah then there wasn't someone in the room going okay, let's dial it back a little bit and get mm -hmm. back to, you know, the, the meat and potatoes of the song a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Lack, lack of, I was thinking editor, but obviously it's producer, but it needed to, it felt like, I just keep coming back to the word, like too busy and frantic. Yeah, busy. Um, yeah. Do you remember that, that moment in Amadeus where the emperor goes, it was too many notes. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many sounds. <laughs> The human ear can only hear so many notes in one evening, Herr Mozart. <laughs> uh, that moment came into my head. <laughs> the Emperor would not know, he would have fallen asleep. <laughs> Salieri potentially would have been all over it, secretly, always secretly. I'm ready for a rewatch of that movie, actually, I haven't seen it in a long time. It's a goodie. It is. <laughs> yeah, I found it really hard to get through the first time, and then I decided I had to pull it apart song by song, because I also think it was really hard to talk about the album altogether as something, because it's not. There's no, it's not a coherent like band album. It's a little bit more exper experimental, and there's uh, lots of featured artists on it. It did feel like it was leaning. I wrote. Uh, I feel like I'm stuck in an R&B elevator. Halfway <laughs> through the album, it, it leans really into the R&B side of things. But the only way I could make sense of it was kind of like song by song going, okay, I can wrap my head around this song. Oh, and then someone starts speaking really quickly and I'm just mm -hmm. dead. Or, and I'm like, oh, this sounds like Moby. Oh, now the time signature is out. Now I'm out. Like there were certain glimpses of, you know, I could hear Zero Seven and Moby and Disney all the time with the fucking harmonies. Mm -hmm. um, and so much acapella. Like I just felt like mm -hmm. I was stuck also in a pitch perfect elevator. <laughs> Not I did a terrible that. thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. So just a bit of background on the album. This is volume three in a three seer three record so far release that he's put out. And it's called Jesse based on his initials of his name, I guess, because it's D J E S S E. So I guess it's like Jacob, Coll Jacob Collier. So Jesse somehow. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm not sure how we're getting there. I don't know. That's what I read. It's supposed to have the title Jesse, which is pronounced as the silent D, is a reference to Collier's own initials. Each of the albums in the series has been described by NPR as representing different parts of the day, the third being described as night. Oh. So. Like the most chaotic night of your life. <laughs> yeah. One of those ones where you're still up at 4 a.m. and yeah, you really should have gone home two hours ago. Yeah. You took all the drugs. <laughs> Apparently, oh, apparently it's a quadruple album project that he announced during a YouTube live stream on the 29th of October, 2018. So I guess there's one more coming. It seems like a ballsy affair to do with someone who may not, and I mean, I don't know shit about his audience, but someone who may not have like an audience based on a certain sound to go like full fucking experimental. Like that's a ballsy, that's something like, 
and it's like I'm just I'm thinking of the most established band in the world right now like the Foo Fighters like they can do whatever they want they can go you know what we're doing a three album concept of the mm-hmm. fucking seasons and you'd be like yeah. yes you can whereas this person <laughs> you're like oh do you have enough of a fan base with a sound attached to it that you can just be like watch what watch what I'm doing now like this is a big concept <laughs> It doesn't, and maybe I don't know how popular he is, but it seems ballsy to do that at this, I don't know, point in his career. It seems like a really wild thing to to go after. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the videos that I did watch, which really like <laughs> brought it all together for me because I was struggling, was the NPR Tiny Desk concert. Mm. And like, he's got four Grammys just casually sitting on his keyboard I'm like oh nice flex okay so like <laughs> someone like i don't know when he got those grammys like if those were before he started his volume his little thing here but yeah his project but i, I agree with you Angie. let's see if i can answer that question for you so he has best arrangement instrumentals and vocals and best arrangement instrumental or acapella from 2017, which I suspect was probably for his In My Room, but one of them is for his cover of the Flintstones. Yeah, I saw, I heard that. Oh, I, I didn't listen to that one. Theme song. It just feels like Disney <laughs> threw up the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, and then they dialed back the excitement and tempo of the, it's it's like, so he's like trying to like jazz lounge up the, he's like Flintstones. Oh. Meet the Flintstones. <laughs> and it's, anyway, like, yeah, <laughs> it's like I, I watched a video of him covering "Dancing Machine" or "Dancing Machine" by the Jacksons, and it, it's just him on a piano that seems to have a bunch of like electronics in it because he's able to play the piano's playing keys for him. But it's just like this song is supposed to be like super upbeat and dancing and like fun, and he's just he's so everywhere to try and harmonize and key change and like reimagine the song so I, I i almost wonder if it's one of those things where like for lack of a better term his his genius when it comes to understanding how music works potentially works against him in terms of how listenable his end result is but perhaps he's only making the music for himself most artists say that that's what they do so again mm-hmm. He's, he's releasing albums, so he clearly wants to have a career. He wants people to hear his songs. And he's successful. Like, he has awards, and he's a well-known human. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never heard of him, but that doesn't mean anything. But we're old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the youths are listening. Even the yeah. pop songs he's covering, I'm like, I don't really know who Ariel no. is. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know who any of the people that he collaborated with. Yeah, it was an interesting group of people that he has featured. I yeah. thought it was mm-hmm. really odd. But I mean, the one where the him. guy talks really quickly, that was really painful and terrible. Maybe the second or third song mm. made me, I don't want, I feel bad, but it made me think of Soli, Linus Morissette's husband. Anyways. <laughs> it made me think of Crimping from The Mighty Boosh. Do you know that with Noel Fielding? They, him and the other guy he does it with they they do these weird little they call it crimping they're like trapped in boxes tiny boxes whatever and they talk really really fast and i was just like (laughs) yeah i feel like that's what's happening to my brain right now (laughs) always good to talk about noel fielding 
you know, I try and bring them up every day. <laughs> I said, you have to watch the Great British Bake Off. I know. Maybe that'll be my Christmas thing. No, you need to watch the Big Fat Quiz of the Year. Yes. I used to watch that all the time. Love that. Watch, I watch it every Christmas. Yeah. I'm glad someone else knows about it. And never mind, <laughs> never mind the buzzcocks. I watched that when I was Is that, yeah. 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 <laughs> I love those shows. So just to close the door on the Grammy situation, sure, according yeah. to Wikipedia, he's won Best Arrangement Instrumental Vocals for He Won't Hold You, which is on this album. Yeah. But those are the only three Grammy Awards that it's recorded on Wikipedia that he's won. He's apparently got one pending or two pending, but I guess that's for the he's been he's been nominated for the 2022 Grammys. Okay. So he's not. What the fuck does that work? I've I've never seen pending under a Grammy. No. A, under an award on Wikipedia before, so I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe he. I don't know how he had four of them, but I think there maybe were it four. was maybe there were three. I don't maybe know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Thank he just know. had one. Yeah. <laughs> Borrow this one. Yeah. This is my pending Grammy. It's, we all know. No one else is even in my category. Oh, one of the Grammy Awards was Best Arrangement for You and I by Stevie Wonder. I mean, mm. anyone who covers the Stevie Wonder songs, we're going to listen. Yes. One was for the Flintstones, yeah. Which is weird. weird. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to listen to. Just like telling you, Disney. Yeah, I tried to listen to the Moon River one, and I turned it off. (laughs) The video was freaking me out. It was weird. Oh, okay. (laughs) Did uh, Did you watch any of his performances with an audience where he has them all sing in harmony a cappella, and he kind of conducts them from the stage? I I saw a clip of something because I was looking up him and i saw that he actually played a jazz fest in ottawa like years and years ago and i thought it was the video for that and i was like oh cool but yeah he he had done that i i mean i think he he would be an interesting person to see like you were saying like his party tricks and stuff would kind of be fun to watch but i mean you can only do that so many times i feel i don't know yeah i think it'd be more interesting to go to like him speak like doing a music class at like, like a university or something like. yeah something like that i probably enjoy that more than one of his concerts because the little bit i've seen of him like performing on tv shows and that he seems to kind of just do it all on his own mm-hmm. like he doesn't have like again it's like there's there's something to be said for not trying to just do everything by yourself i mean yeah i don't know i don't think he he doesn't have the gimmick like buckethead does or Buckethead plays to like backing tracks. It seems like he's not even really doing that. He's just trying to like make it all happen with loop effects and stuff like in the room and he just does everything and then sings. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I feel like it would be like fun or impressive maybe for a couple of songs, but I don't think I could sit there for like a 90 minute concert. No, you're like, we get it. <laughs> But it's funny because I've never, as I said before, it doesn't matter. I've never heard of him. That's not surprising. But he's been on Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, The Late Late Show with James Corden, which of course I've never seen, uh, Jimmy Fallon, who I fucking hate. But anyways, like, I mean, he's done the rounds in the States. I was just wondering if he was, you know, a thousand times bigger in the UK, Mm. which is why I've not run, run across him. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, some of these songs on this album alone have like over 20 million listens just on Spotify. Yeah, so Yeah. So it's just this could be just us being old and out of touch. I think it might be. <laughs> this <laughs> So if if you're if you're a member of our younger audience, like some of the people who messaged us after our Struts episode, we apologize for our age. <laughs> well, I got we got messages on Instagram after our Struts episode about remember we talked about him like being dressed in the nines and then wearing like dumpy running shoes. Oh yeah, like- <laughs> we got some messages from some of his fan Instagram accounts, being like, "I'll have you know." <laughs> I mean, he's magical. Like I, I still listen to the Struts all the time. If I don't know what to put on, it's there. They're a great band. Did anyone listen to the Christmas song he just did, Jacob Collier? Collier, whatever. No. No, but I, it's I don't care much for Christmas music. You, I love Christmas music. It's just <laughs> what you think it would be. It's like Disney on cocaine <laughs> with a hundred thousand harmonies. <laughs> I am enjoying the Disney reference. That's really like helping my head wrap around. What we listened to. <laughs> Where you just, I was just like cartoon bird is going to come out of the song. Yeah, I was really stuck in Mario Kart, and I like never played Mario Kart, so I don't even. Oh know. my god, that's so funny! Come over. I'm just Mario Kart. yeah, and Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, Seinfeld. I wrote down immediately. I was like, also, yeah. I've just watched like five seasons of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, so this one was nominated for Album of the Year for the 2021 Grammy Awards, but lost Taylor Swift. So we're just fucking Ooh. up these. Hmm. I don't know. I But I also remember reading the 2021 list of Grammy nominees and being like, don't Not know knowing anything. Yeah. Can't name a Taylor Swift song if I tried. Or something about shaking it out. We'll see, I just did. And that's it. There you go. <laughs> the I, think it's, I think it's shake it off. Whatever. Oh, that, that sounds right. <laughs> I I apologize. I have daughters that do. Jerking off to me. That's after you go pee. Yeah. <laughs> Shake it twice and you put it away. Anything more than twice, you're just playing with it. on vacation. <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm not sorry. I listened to this. No. It it kind of sucked me away from wanting to watch his YouTube videos though. Right. Mm. I feel like, I'll say this about this album, I feel like unlike a lot of the albums we listened to where they kind of seem to dip in the second half, I feel like I liked the second half of this album better. Like Butterflies, like Sleeping On My Dreams. I think Sleeping On My Dreams is a really good song. Okay, I think I, I don't agree. I mean, I agree sort of, but don't you think Sleeping On My Dreams sounds exactly like that boy band that Steven really liked that I thought was terrible, but I kept my mouth shut? <laughs> Until now. Until now. Oh, uh, AJR? Yes. Uh, it didn't remind me of that, but I haven't listened to them since we did the episode. No, so... of course me neither, but I, I actually thought about them. Okay. I didn't, I totally respect that you've made that connection. I didn't hear it. I just, I feel like. It's kind of the simple lyrics and the kind of simple sound of it. I think that second half of the album was simplified a whole lot more. In yes. the first half and it starts off with chaos like those fucking robot tech sounds where you're like mm-hmm. no no <laughs> yeah when i when i first put that on i was just i thought of you angie i was like oh no yeah i was like oh no <laughs> i was like did i just rob the group like 
I, if he starts singing half in Japanese, Angie's never gonna forgive I'm out. me. <laughs> I did I did think about Angie a lot as I listened to it. I was like, I wonder how this is going for her. <laughs> but I didn't. I never I texted still, you about it. I think I just sent you a gif of someone's eyeball going crazy and I said, this is me listening to the album. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you're right. And I should know this about myself. I generally despise everything I hear the first time. And then I, I like you, the more I listened to it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a song. Like I can mm-hmm. see it come together as something you could listen to on the radio, but mm-hmm. it would be like, oh, this song's okay. And then the next song I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's the way it, it's the order of it. it. It doesn't flow for me. Nope. Like when you were saying like the, the first part and the second part, I, I, I don't even know where that line is drawn yeah. because it's all kind of all over the place. For me. Okay, well, Emily, there's 12 songs on the album. Okay, so six. <laughs> okay. No, but it's because it's, um, it features a whole bunch of people, and then yeah. song seven and song eight, there's no features. Mm-hmm. Song ten, there's no features. So it it is. It's a different sound. Like mm-hmm. it's it is. It feels like a different album. Yeah, yeah. I I did like the second half better. It, it seemed like he he sort of leaned into his hooks a bit more in those songs. Or in the beginning where he's like, there's a funky feeling in my bones, in my mm-hmm. bones. And then it's just like, he just nudges it into like a blender of every <laughs> sound he's ever heard. <laughs> a, a blender of metal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, what? but what happened to the cool hook? And Why I don't does know. it sound like robots fucking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if we ever do Beyonce, we're not going to be able to be this oh. candid. Oh, dear. <laughs> but how great is it to see Ty Dolla Sign and T-Pain, you know, being featured on a song? I think that's wonderful. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know who T-Pain is? All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I, I said I was never going to sing. Damn it. I think it, it, it just happens. You can't even song. help it. A T-Pain song. It's like uh, when we used to listen to rap albums with Steve and Angie occasionally be like, was, was this a good rap <laughs> I don't know. Consider this rap good because I don't know what good rap sounds like. <laughs> I'm I'm fairly rap neutral. I do remember female. being in the uh, office and and wasn't it Karen talking about Ty Dolla Sign and I was like ah yes I listen to Ty Dolla Sign all the time. Wasn't she talking yeah. about Post Malone and I was like I also yes. don't know who that is. Yeah, and then I that named fun. the rappers I could in a Minnesota accent, which was yeah. up to. Woo! <laughs> Does he do that gin and juice song? Oh, I love I... the gin and juice, Christ! <laughs> <laughs> That's probably also the only song. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I had to Google some of the people that he was featuring because I was like, I have no idea who these people are. Are they people? Like, are they? They're not overly famous, I don't think. The Jessie Reyes chick, she's Canadian, and she toured with Billie Eilish, but I I don't recognize any of her songs. We don't know her here, though, so we use the formal of William Eilish. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's like uh, Charles Entertainment Cheese. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That took me a sec. (laughs) You're like, wait, what's cheese? (laughs) 
I remember I had this independent thought one time that they should come up, they should make a Chuck E. Cheese restaurant called Charles Entertainment Cheese for adults and it'd be like an actual casino. And then I started getting messages about like, that's actually the mouse's name. Oh, <laughs> really? Like, Oh. Yeah, I was like, huh. I love that you called it an independent thought. I'm assuming <laughs> most of your thoughts are independent, but I think that's very like, original. All on my own did I come up with this. <laughs> I think of it sort of like Pete from Mad Men, where he's like, you no. know what I thought of? It was, it was, it was like 99 cents or something like that. It was like he had this idea that was this big marketing thing, and he's like, turns out it already existed, but I arrived at it independently. <laughs> yes, I just watched that. I fucking hate Pete. I, I hate, hate Pete. He's such a little weasel. Ugh, Pete. Oh, but John Hamm all day long. All day. All day. Alex comes to the door and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Hampeen, what are you doing? <laughs> God long bless harm. the Hampeen. Hampeen. <laughs> The Hamaconda. Hamaconda. <laughs> yes. I like that. What a dream mm. boat. He really is. I, uh, I think most people imagine themselves as Don Draper would actually want to be Roger Sterling, but are most likely Pete Campbell. I also love Roger Sterling a mm -hmm. lot, a lot, a lot. Oh my god, what sound is this? Light it up on me just turned into also a, a blender of metal. Okay. <laughs> we're wondering. I am Mad Men. Love Roger Sterling so much. Well, we talk about you all the time when you're not here. <laughs> yeah. I just got to Zooby Zoo. And he's like, I oh. also just made fun of it. And he does friends. <laughs> and I watched it three times because he's, he's so I tried so to get good. Jane to do it when we got home. Nothing doing. She doesn't speak <laughs> French. She doesn't like me. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't like me. He's the best. Oh gosh. Mother, this isn't this isn't uh, this isn't my daughter. This is my wife, Jane. Does Mona know? <laughs> yes, she knows. Oh, bless. Uh, Although I'm not a fan of Zooby Zoo. I, oh, it's the most cringe. Oh. No, but yeah, no. her, like, as soon as she came on, I was like, oh my god, her gums have taken over this, the whole scene. Megan. Megan with her plain pasta. Mm -hmm. I know, I'll make I, spaghetti. We don't eat pasta. Like, I'm like, look at her. I was like, she doesn't eat pasta. Plain spaghetti. Anyways, I just, every time she comes on screen, I'm like, gumming. I call her gumming bear. Anyways. I think if you Google Jessica Paré, who plays Megan Draper, the first, like, Google autocomplete is teeth. Yeah, oh. and I have terrible teeth. I mean, I get it. It's just, I, it's very, uh, whatever. She could get that fixed. If she wanted. Yeah. Sure. And she doesn't need to. I just find it very, uh, I can't concentrate. I think I read an article where she talked about it because obviously when she got famous, it was a topic of discussion. Of course. And apparently her attitude is like, I just didn't think about it. I just chew food with them. I didn't think it mattered. Oh. Well, and I was like, awesome. good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Canadian Jessica Paré. Yep. Megan Draper set up to fail. Yeah. Had a meltdown over orange ice cream. Oh my god, I just watched it. <laughs> okay, we're not doing a Mad Men podcast. We're just not interested. We could. we could do a Mad Men podcast. We could do a lot of things, but right now we are doing a music podcast and we're Jesse, short form, <laughs> by the way. The D is silent. Yeah. The D is silent. That's really funny. You're like for his initials. How the fuck? Somehow. His actual real last name is Moriarty. Oh, that's a cool <laughs> last name. Yeah. But it's not like his name is like David Jacob Tolly or Moriarty. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Maybe don't it's know. DJ. 
Maybe it's DJ. But I still don't know what Jesse is there. Jesse. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like I can see that the the Jesse part, like Jesse, J C, that I can see. The D So maybe he's trying to make it like Mary DJ. Like he's a DJ. <laughs> maybe? Or he's because he's young, he's just like D ladies, wink. What? I'll throw it all in there. Every it's supposed to be like H dog, like it's a it's it's dog first. D Jesse. I don't know. I don't it's know. It's Django. He's Django. It's Django. Django. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I had an answer. I just don't. Anyways, I will be interested to see what he does in the future. I mean, I'll forget about it as soon as this is finished, but <laughs> um, should it cross my path, I, it would be interesting if his, um, I don't want to sound patronizing, but like if his sound matures a bit and maybe is sim- simplified and because, yeah, I mean, obviously he's got wild talent and a crazy ear and I think you can do a lot with that. And, you know, if he maybe gets the, the right people around him to bounce the ideas and they'd be like, you know what? How about we tone it down? You're at a 14. We need you at a nine. You know, how about yeah. that? Yeah. It could be very interesting. Yeah. Because he's collaborated with people like Coldplay. And you think someone like Chris Martin could be the senior in the room. Right. And be like, I don't know if we need all of that. Right. Yeah. Because, I don't know. Because, I don't know, maybe maybe the second half of the album is a direction he's going. I don't know. Because, like I say, I, I prefer a lot better. And, yeah, it's it's a little bit simpler. And maybe that's just a, a more of a commentary on me. But, like, he won't hold you. It's, it's like, this really stripped back, like, fairly vocal song. But, like, the harmonies in it are nice. And it doesn't seem to, like, fall apart mm-hmm. in the way that some of the others do. To Sleep is really nice. Like, I, like, I hope that's maybe more the direction he's going in. Or he, he, he maybe just, like stops trying to put every genre of music and it's like if you want to do r&b just like do that and if you want to do like insane jazz then do do that separately yeah if you want to mm-hmm. do robots fucking do yeah <laughs> like if you're making nails these songs in your room like yes yeah. disney nails in a blender please yeah, in the only background. <laughs> <laughs> Do, do we think that bef- at some point he will be composing the soundtrack for a Disney Disney movie? Is he gonna he's gonna Elton John Tim Rice that situation? Um, yes, and it like I have just read, he did a cover of Under the Sea for Disney's Disney on Jazz or something. It could be on Disney Jazz. On. <laughs> That's a niche market. On yes. Holy moly. Um, it was something Disney jazz, and I was like, okay. <laughs> That's funny. I'll find it. <laughs> Walk it amongst from? yourselves. Jazz loves Disney too, a kind of magic. Oh, yeah. Apparently, there, there was the first one. They didn't say all they needed to say in the first one. <laughs> jazz loves Disney. I can see him doing some weird, like, movie soundtrack for, like, an indie film or something just wacky. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's certainly very talented, but yeah, I think he needs to mature a little for us older folk. <laughs> and maybe we're just old-timey purists, where it's like, maybe give us a, a guy, four guys holding instruments, mm-hmm. just playing. I'm into it. True. Yeah, totally. And, and again, uh, like, I'll call upon my, my own 
not short-sightedness, but my own lack of ability musically to maybe just be like, I maybe I just don't understand music well enough to understand why this is really good and why critics love it and why it's so popular. Maybe totally. maybe that's that's my shortcoming. I don't know. I, I'd say on the whole, I mean, I guess we could do final thoughts at this point. But on, on the whole, I think it was a, a, a pleasurable listening experience. Like it, it wasn't like I got through the album and I was just like, I need to just like go take a shower or figure like do anything else than listen to this because it was just like what did i just like i listened to a few of his albums i listened to the a few of his singles and so like i just like let it play jacob collier for like on when i was like cooking or earphones like i didn't even care because we had three weeks so i was like i'm not just gonna listen to this on a loop i'll just listen to other stuff and try and get a better idea of who he is as an artist well and isn't that the problem with the album you listen to it and don't know who he is as an artist like at the yeah. end of it i was like what the Fuck. And I did the exact same thing because I was like, yeah. I don't understand this at all. I need to go listen to another album. I need to go because it doesn't encapsulate his a sound or who he is. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> You're making a lot of good points. Nailed Emily. it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Emily, what do you think? I think we're doing final thoughts at this point. Yeah, I think like he's certainly very talented. I, I think this is always my final thought. I think watching him do it live, like looping it all and like how he plays it himself in that NPR tiny desk thing will really bring it together for people if they wanted to, if they struggled to listen to the album, like their first go through. But yeah, it definitely needs a couple listens and yeah, that's all. <laughs> I, I would say maybe having listened to some of the other stuff, this was not the entry point for this artist. Yeah. We've Agreed. talked about it elsewhere with people like big artists like Steven getting us to listen to Stevie Wonder. It's like, where's a good entry point? Mm -hmm. I don't think this is the right entry point for this artist. So I think yeah. if you're listening to this and you're like kind of interested and you're like, I mean, if you want to hear it to be like, what are they talking about? By all means, you won't need to go far. Mm -hmm. But in terms of if you're interested in the artist, I'd say probably go back to In My Room to start from the beginning in this case. And I think it's a lot more approachable maybe work up to this yeah mm -hmm. or listen to just his covers of things because you're you can connect with the song so it's not all over the place you're like oh i know this song and this is the sound he's adding to it this is what he yeah. does like you can yeah he does a cover you're like oh got it whereas if you're just listening to that album you're like oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's hard to come away knowing you know, it's like what what is he trying to say with with this album? Like, if it's a, if it's a compilation of songs and feelings, and 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 music that he had that he needed to put together to release, what's he what's he trying to say with this? Is it just a collection of random songs he wrote over a year and a half, or is or or does this is this a snapshot of who he is as an artist at this time? Because mm -hmm. if that's the case, then. Like like we said before, I think it's it's cool. To, it'll be cool to see how he grows from here. I think listening to if if we go back and listen to his fourth one when it comes out, it'd be interesting to see if it's the same kind of thing or if he's grown again. And if he's grown, I I hope that as a listener who's not you know a, a music scholar but wants to enjoy his music because I do find a lot of enjoyment in it. I hope it becomes something where he's he is able to start pulling elements out and just 
instead instead of trying to jam every second of the song and make it like a, this like massive kaleidoscope of everything. <laughs> um, did you hear the "Here Comes the Sun" cover? No. No. Okay. Um, but it's funny because it's like stays pure to the song, and then all of a sudden, like there's like a, a bridge of insanity, like just a little bit too much, and you're like, <laughs> well, I must have heard it because I think I listened to this whole album, but maybe I listened to it. And I just didn't... thought you would have picked it out because you're the Beatles fan. I am. I am a Beatles fan, but it didn't stand out to me. All right, whose turn is it next? I think it's Emily. I believe it's me. Yeah. So we need an album to listen to, and I was gonna make a funny joke, but I can't even have a straight face. Not that. <laughs> It would matter, but I was going to say... Podcasting is not a visual medium. I know, but you guys can see me. I was going to say Michael Bublé's uh, Christmas album. Nope, I will veto that. <laughs> but I'm, veto. I'm, yeah, I'm so joking. Um, I fucking hate Michael Bublé. He your assignment. Christmas every year. Okay, yeah. Ah! <laughs> there we go. That's what I wanted. Speaking of TED Talk. <laughs> um, next, for next week, your assignment. It's a new album released November... 2021 it's Damn. an evening with silk sonic so silk sonic is made up of bruno mars and anderson pack cool. so you may have heard some of their singles already from it but i uh, promise you i haven't i have not either <laughs> you might surprise yourself but yeah that's that's what we will listen to sweet well they have one song leave the door open which has 660 million plays on Spotify. And we've so never heard yeah. of them. That's I'd say if there's, uh, that's the the best chance. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've you've heard it already. Okay. But, uh, well. But yeah, I wanted to pick something because <laughs> I said I was going to pick something recent the last time, and it was like 2014. That so. counts. It counts. It counts. <laughs> you this you realize how much current. we've listened to music from the 90s and earlier on this I podcast, know. right? Like I know. I'm trying to spruce the place up. Within the last 10 years is yeah. You're definitely <laughs> sprucing. You're sprucing. <laughs> definitely. All right. Well, th- thanks for listening. If you're still here, appreciate it. And uh, check us out on Instagram. We still have a Twitter. Stephen was taking care of it. For those of you who remember Stephen, but uh, we've we've actually broken over four thousand downloads for our little dog and pony show. So thanks so much if you're a listener. We very much appreciate you. And find us on social media. Hit us up. We occasionally get people suggesting albums, and it seems like a really good idea. And then we never do them. So well, it has maybe to that be can reasonable. Be our New Year's okay, people. <laughs> Part of the issue is is that we get a lot of people recommending like very very indie artists very it's like check out my album and it's like that'd be cool but we need a whole almost hour or more of content to talk about yeah and if we can't google you not sure what we're it makes it more difficult there's to to discuss like 45 minutes of an album without just playing it and and like doing live commentary so but if you have like a, a regular album and an artist we can actually google like please hit us up that would be cool Woo. All right. All right, you two. Thank you. I look forward to an evening with Silk Sonic. I'm presuming it's not a live album. No. Okay. I don't like think so. Be. I don't know. I don't know. You'll we'll have to find listen. out. You'll have to find out. <laughs> we'll find out together. Okay. Well, thanks so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thanks for listening to Life to Labyrinth podcast. Theme music by Devin Rose. Find Devin on Bandcamp or any streaming service. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Life Number Two Labyrinth.